When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm John. I strolled into the room with hesitation. My grandma cried out loud when she saw me. Honey, you look amazing. I knew this skirt would look good on you, but I didn't expect it to look this good, she said. I replied, are you being serious, Grandma? I could never imagine myself in a skirt before. I wish I could wear this at home, but my parents would never let me. She smiled. Honey, you can wear anything you want once you're 18. You can leave your skirt here and wear it when you visit me, she said. The following week was my birthday. My grandma gave me a wonderful present. This skirt meant a lot to me because my parents only let me wear pants. For the first time in my life, I owned a skirt, thanks to my grandma. By the way, you may be wondering why my name is John. There's a ridiculous story behind that. While my mom was pregnant, she had a dream that she gave birth to a baby boy. The following night, my dad had the same dream as well. He woke my mom up and told her about it. This can't be a coincidence. It must be real. We're having a boy, she said, embracing him. After that, they prepared everything for their baby boy. They furnished the baby's room with blue furniture. They got me boy's clothes and toys. After giving it a lot of thought, they decided to name their boy, I mean me, John. When I was born, they were shocked. Disappointed, my parents brought me home. My dad said, oh, we got so excited to have a baby boy. Uh, let's not make a big fuss about this now. We'll figure it out later. As I grew up, I began to question their ridiculous decision. I kept asking, why did you give me a boy's name? Why am I only allowed to wear pants? My dad would say, you should thank us. Girls are weak. But you are not because we raised you like a boy. Trying to convince me that what they were doing was better. I disagreed with him. Boys were not superior to girls. No matter what I said, I couldn't convince my parents. My grandma, on the other hand, would always encourage me. We lived in the same neighborhood. I'd go and have breakfast with her every morning. Her jams were terrific. She would make me a fried egg and jam on toast. Every morning we would have a blast. Then I'd go to school. We always celebrate birthdays with family. Our only guest would be my grandma. But my dad told me this year, John, don't invite your grandma. When I asked him why, he said, we've been having some issues lately. I, I don't want to see her. I was upset. Dad, she's your mom. Why don't you want to see her? I know you want to sell her house. She has a right to say no. That house is all she has. She's not in a position to rent, I said. He replied, it's because I have a wonderful business idea and need the money right now. Your grandma needs to sell the house. Dad, none of your business ideas take off. You opened a florist's shop and that flopped. Coffee shop, flopped. The pizza spot, flopped. You sold off our car, our house, everything. Please don't touch grandma's house, I said, begging him to stop pushing. 
he wouldn't listen. I'm opening a pet store this time. It can't fail, he said, dismissing me. A few weeks passed. One morning I went to my grandma's house and she looked so sad. She told me, your dad sold the house yesterday. I couldn't say no because he was so adamant. I need to move out at the end of the month, but I don't have money to rent another place. I don't know what to do. Also, also, she stopped right there and began crying faintly. Also what, grandma? Please tell me, I said. My grandma took a deep breath. For some time now, I haven't been able to sleep at night. I get palpitations. It's hard for me to breathe. I went to see a specialist and they said I have an arrhythmia in my heart. They need to put a pacemaker in me, but it's such an expensive procedure. I asked your dad for a loan, but he wouldn't give it to me. I was enraged. Grandma, my dad sold your house. That money is already yours. He has to give you the money you need. I ran home. My dad had spread the money on the dining table. He was counting it with my mom's help. I broke down in tears and said to him, Grandma needs a pacemaker. Dad, you are going to fail and lose all that money. I beg you, please, please give Grandma the money she needs while you still have it. My mom said, John, don't be ridiculous. Your dad's going to make it this time. Your grandma is an older woman. It's normal for her to have health issues. She needs to get used to things like this, right, honey? My dad said, uh, that's very true. My mom's well over 70. A pacemaker's just the beginning. She'll have many more health issues in the future. Instead of coming to terms with her declining health, she's asking us for money. I was so mad that I went to my room. Talking things through with my parents wasn't the way to do this. I had to deal with it myself. But how? No matter how hard I thought, I couldn't come up with a solution. The following day, when I went to my grandma's for breakfast, she looked exhausted. After finishing my egg, I started on the jam and toast. It tasted genuinely unique. Suddenly, I had a light bulb go off in my head. Grandma, what's this jam? I asked. She picked up the jar and showed me. Blueberry and lemon. Do you like it? She said. Like it? I love it. <laughs> and what was the one that I had yesterday? I asked, and she pointed to another jar. Kiwi and strawberry. I think combining two fruits makes a better jam, she said. I agree. I screamed with joy. Then I explained to my grandma my first business idea ever. I was going to sell her delicious jams in the farmer's market. I thought of a brand name as well, Girl Power. My grandma loved the idea. She stayed up that night to make 10 different kinds of jam. We poured all of it into jars. I decorated the jars with Girl Power stickers printed from my printer. After I put ribbons on each jar lid, our products were ready. We had a farmer's market near where we lived. I put on my skirt, opened a small booth, and started selling our jams. Unfortunately, they didn't get much attention. I was only able to sell four jars all day. People were saying, don't you have strawberry jam? They weren't sure they'd like our blend because it was unusual. I said to myself, come on, girl power. Show me what you got. You need to crack this. I thought about it for a week and finally found a solution. There was only one way to convince people. They had to try the jams. I served small bowls of jam and tiny slices of bread on my table. People who tasted the jams loved them. I sold 45 jars the day I started implementing this new strategy. I was staying with grandma. I sent my parents a photo of myself working at the booth. I wrote, your daughter is an entrepreneur now. You can be proud. My dad replied, John, what's up with that skirt? You need to wear pants. Looking like a girl makes you weak. As a response, I just sent him a photo of one of my jars. It said girl power on it. 
When we made enough money, we went to the best cardiologist in town and got a pacemaker implanted in my grandma's heart. While she was in the hospital, I rented us a new place. My grandma had to move out of her house. It was tough for her to leave the home she had shared with my grandpa for years, but at least we now had enough income to afford rent. In the following months, things took off for us. I had a customer who was buying from me regularly. How about scaling this business? We could start a factory and sell girl power jams in stores all over the country, he said. I said yes without <laughs> hesitation. Mr. Redford and I became partners and he did everything he promised. I became a millionaire. It was time to surprise my grandma. One morning I've told her, I want to show you something. I'm curious to see if you'd like oh. it. We got into the luxury car waiting for us and started driving. I asked my grandma to close her eyes. The car stopped. Holding her hand, I led her out of the car and asked her to open her eyes. She was so surprised to see her own house. I bought it back from the person my dad sold it to and did a complete renovation. From now on, we're going to live here. You can cherish grandpa's memory as long as you want, I said to her. She started crying as she hugged me. We moved into the house without delay. One day, the doorbell rang. When I opened the door, my parents were standing outside. John, my business failed and it was your fault. It would help if you covered my loss right now. Dad, how about a hello first? Can you also tell me how I could have hurt your business? I haven't seen you in almost a year, I said. Your dad was this close to making it this time, but he lost confidence because you told him he would fail again. Opening a pet store was a great idea, but it failed because of you. My mom screamed. Mom, dad, there's a pet store on every corner. You just opened another one. It's no surprise that it failed. I'm not responsible for that. You are, I responded. Since you're rich now, you can compensate for the loss you caused. Actually, no, double the amount I lost. We raised you like a boy. You owe us every single penny that you made. You would never be successful if you acted like a girl. My dad almost growled. Dad, I made all this with my girl power. I can see that you're jealous of me. There's nothing you can do. You are a man, yet you can't make it. I'm a girl. And I did, I said with a smirk. My attitude drove him mad. My grandma heard the commotion and came over to the door. My dad said, Mommy, it's so lovely to see you. I have a great idea, but we need money for it, so we should sell the house again. What do you think, Mama? My grandma was so mad that she roared. How dare you? Have you people no shame? Leave my house now and don't you ever come back. My parents were incredibly upset after that. They started yelling at us. So I had to call the security guards to lead them out. I haven't seen my parents since then, but I'm sure every time they go to the grocery store and see our girl power jams, they're green with jealousy. I like thinking about that a lot. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... You think it's fun to have a double? It might be, but not in my case. Hi, my name's Mary, and I ran into a terrible problem when my sister stole my identity. 
It all started on Thanksgiving. Our small family has a strange tradition of celebrating this on the second Monday of October, which is the Canadian way, even though none of us have Canadian roots. The stores are not packed with people, and turkey's cheaper, was my mother's explanation. In general, it was a pretty boring holiday. At dinner, we take turns talking about what we are thankful for this year. It's no big deal. It was another Thanksgiving, with no disasters in sight. We all gathered around the table and began to give our Thanksgiving speeches. Mom was grateful that everyone was alive and well. Dad mentioned the family's well-being and stability at work. When it was my sister Audrey's turn, she looked at me angrily at first, and then said, I'm very grateful that Mary stole my boyfriend from me, unscrupulously took my place in the play, and made a laughing stock of me when she poured lemonade all over me in the school cafeteria. And also, thanks for my burrito poisoning. We stared at her, with our mouths wide open. That's not true! I finally came to my senses. I didn't steal your boyfriend! It's just that Marcus likes me and not you! And I got the lead because I was more convincing! That's fair! The lemonade and burrito thing were an accident and I had nothing to do with it. You knew I liked Marcus! Just when I shared it with you, you started going after him! No, it's not like that! You think you're better than me! But you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I got offended. That's it. Mom was a bit late with her intervention. That's enough. What have you turned Thanksgiving into? It's fake Thanksgiving anyways. Exclaimed Audrey. Go to your room, said Dad. No turkey for you. We left the table and locked ourselves in our rooms, as if we were in a castle. I started texting Marcus. Audrey went crazy and ruined fake Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. He replied. Did you at least try the turkey? No, we're left without food. That's really awful. I was boiling with anger, so I texted Marcus. Can you believe it? She claimed I stole you from her, but I didn't even like her. I know, only Audrey thinks otherwise. Don't worry, it'll be okay. My boyfriend replied. Audrey and I didn't talk for a week. She wouldn't even look in my direction. My parents tried everything they could to reconcile us. Going shopping with us, bought us pizza, but nothing worked. Audrey shut everyone out and isolated herself. Whatever, I thought. She'll cool down, but I was wrong. Not only had she not cooled down, but she'd figured out a way to get back at me. It would have been fine if she'd, let's say, spread a rumor that I had lice. I could live with that. But Audrey came up with an elaborate revenge, even though she wasn't usually very creative. I could see she was up to something. She was fidgeting a lot, looking at me strangely, like a spider about to catch a fly. I gave up and decided to wait it out. Besides, I didn't have time to think about it. I was supposed to play the lead role in the Halloween play, The Witch. At the end, a bunch of angry townspeople were supposed to burn me, and I would put a curse on them before I died. It was my first major role. Before that, I played citizen number two or three. This was a big responsibility. Another rehearsal was scheduled for Wednesday. At the appointed time, everyone was standing on the stage in their costumes. Miss Patridge, our drama teacher, was going to give us the go-ahead. Suddenly, I saw Audrey in the crowd of townspeople, wearing the same costume I was wearing. Why are you wearing that? I asked as I came closer. Haven't you heard? I'll be your double. What? Yeah, in case anything happens to you. <laughs>
if anything happens to me. You know, if you get hit by a car, or if a flower pot falls on your head. I knew then that Audrey was up to something, something bad. Audrey was shadowing me at every rehearsal, repeating every one of my lines. Beware, you worthless people! One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast, I exclaimed, and there was an echo over my shoulder. Beware, you worthless people! One day you pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast. Afterwards, my sister would burst out laughing with such anger that it gave me goosebumps. I felt uncomfortable having her around all the time, but that was the strangest thing that awaited me. After a while, I noticed Audrey had a new haircut, and it was exactly the same as mine. What happened to your hair? I asked her, decided to change it up a little. But I thought you don't like it this length. People change, Mary. You should know that by now. I was less and less pleased with what was going on. Audrey wasn't herself. Not only had she copied my hairstyle, she started wearing my makeup. She dressed like me. And I thought she even spoke like me. At first, I thought she was mocking me. But then, I realized that she was serious. The rehearsals were ridiculous. It was hard to know who the real witch was. And who was the double? Even Miss Patridge got us mixed up sometimes. So this is your plan? I snapped at my sister at home. To be like me? No way. I'm just following your example, Miss Perfect. So, what's next? Take my place? Do you think no one will notice? She just smiled wryly and went back to her room. My parents thought it was weird too. It's like I have twin daughters now. (laughs) Mom laughed at the family dinner. Oh no, Mom. I'm the same old Audrey, my sister answered, smiling innocently. Marcus was the only one who understood me. It's getting really creepy. It's like she wants to steal your identity. Am I in a Stephen King novel about two sisters and their blood feud? Not funny, I muttered. What am I supposed to do? Try to ignore it. But how? Everyone's already starting to mix this up. Soon, Miss Patrick will put Audrey in the leader without even realizing it. I don't think it'll come to that, Marcus reassured me. Besides, I would never confuse you with anyone else. And then I caught a cold, and I was in bed with a fever for a week. Can you imagine what happened in my absence? Audrey practically became me. She was playing two roles at the same time, the Wicked Witch and Mary. That is, me. I'll admit she was good at both. Many people didn't even notice my absence. I had to do something. I tried to talk to her. Offered her whatever she wanted from my closet. I apologized, but apparently, not very sincerely. Nothing helped. She was more stubborn and opinionated than ever. What do you want? I asked her directly. Nothing. I just want to be as gorgeous as you are. But the strangest and most unpleasant thing was yet to come. One day, when I came home from school, I found Audrey and Ron, my ex-boyfriend at home. They were rehearsing a scene from a play. Ron? What are you doing here? I asked in surprise. Roland and I are rehearsing, Audrey said defiantly, and then we're getting something to eat afterwards. I grabbed her by the elbow and pulled her aside. Don't you think this is a little much? What do you mean? Do you think it's all about you? Maybe we were made for each other. But you're only doing it to piss me off. Yeah, right. (laughs) Audrey snorted and returned to Ron. They continued to rehearse. 
It wasn't long before I was confused as to who was Audrey and who was me. It was like I was in a nightmare. That wouldn't end. Since that infamous Thanksgiving, Audrey had stolen everything from me. My looks, my habits, my ex-boyfriend. Sometimes I thought she even knew what I was thinking. However, the grand finale of this long-lasting revenge still gives me shivers. The final dress rehearsal didn't go so well. I mixed up a couple of lines, so I was very nervous before the performance itself. I suddenly began to realize that I have to play in front of a crowd of angry and bored teenagers. If I embarrass myself, it'll be remembered forever. Before I left the house, I spent quite a while staring at my reflection in the mirror. I hope I won't throw up. Marcus was supposed to meet me at school. When I pulled myself together and tried to open the door, I realized that it was locked. I heard Audrey laughing maliciously behind the door. Let me out, Audrey! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Unfortunately, my parents were at work and no one could hear me. The only way out was through the window. But I was afraid of heights, and I was five meters from the ground. For another ten minutes, I tried to find other options, but there were none. Of course, I could not kick the door open. I opened the window, and shaking with fear, got out and climbed down the chestnut tree outside the house. Now, I had to get to school quickly. I ran as fast as I could. My legs were shaky, but I made it to school. I stormed into the hall and jumped in Audrey as she was getting up on stage. There was a fight between us. Instead of breaking us up, everyone was filming us on their phones. Marcus was the only one who pulled us apart. The performance was successfully disrupted. We were both stripped of our roles and replaced by Dorothy, who couldn't say two words. And she looked like a real witch. She didn't even need makeup. The principal called our parents to school, and we were grounded at home afterwards. Until you make up and learn to talk to each other, you will stay grounded. Mom delivered her stern verdict. Marcus and Ron were forbidden to come to our house, so we only saw each other at school. They even took away our phones. It didn't help at first. We were both stuck in our rooms and never left them. Family dinners went on without us. The play took place without us. It wasn't me or Audrey in the spotlight, but nasty Dorothy who managed to remember all the lines. My sister and I would have preferred to see her embarrass herself, but in the end, it was us who humiliated ourselves. Staying at home all the time was awful, especially the night before Halloween. Meredith's party was coming up, and we were still grounded. I was dying to dress up as Marilyn Monroe, wrapped in toilet paper, and spend the night with Marcus. Audrey had her own plans with Ron. In the end... We called a truce. I know I went a little overboard. Audrey tried to apologize. But I just didn't know what to do. You see, you were getting the best of everything, and I was always in the shadows. But you weren't. A lot of people like the real Audrey, not a copy of me. I guess you're right. I was so confused by the end. She shrugged. Now we just have to figure out how to get out of the house. Yes, we have to get to the party. But how? I had no idea. However, Audrey had a plan. We waited for our parents to say goodnight, put pillows under our blankets, and snuck out the window. Audrey helped me get down. Walking on the street alone at night was creepy. But suddenly, a car showed up with Marcus behind the wheel. We told him about our truce and headed off to the party. Why aren't you wearing costumes? Marcus asked. There was no time. I answered, 
We're still grounded. We have to act fast. Okay, I have an idea. Marcus drove us to the costume store, where his brother worked, which of course was already closed. But Marcus had a key. We were able to pick up the costumes we liked, and both settled on the witch look. We had an awesome time at Meredith's. We danced our heart outs, listened to scary stories. And then, we witnessed Bob from the 10th grade stuff himself with nachos and throwing up. When we got back, our parents were waiting for us on the doorstep. Well, 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 look who's sneaking around. Mom was standing in the middle of the room in her nightgown. And where were you? At a party, we admitted frankly. And how did you get out? Through the window, Audrey helped me get down. We thought we were going to be punished again. But all of a sudden, Mom smiled. I see you finally made up and are acting like real sisters. So, the house arrest is cancelled for you. We were overjoyed! This story brought Audrey and I closer to each other, and we never had another fight like that again. Tell me, have you ever had a fight with your brother or sister? What did you have to go through? Leave your comments and like this video. You can find more interesting stories on our channel. The obstacle course seemed endless to me, even though I only had to run a few meters. The more I accelerated, the more my stomach bounced, and then my cheeks started bouncing in tune with it. I was like pudding, rolling down the road in the sun. After running only 100 meters from the start, I stopped to catch my breath. And after, I looked at my belly peeking out from under my tank top. The sweat was joined by tears, and I would have just walked away. But my trainer, Mr. Osfield, aka Bull, ran up to me and started yelling right in my ear. Get your ass together and get your fat sides over that wall, now! I wouldn't have listened to him either, but there in the stands was my dream guy, Felix. I took one last deep breath, spread out, and jumped against the wall. I felt like I was trying to lift a truck. One last tug, and, and, I was stuck. My stomach was hanging on either side of the wall like jelly and I was hanging on it like a fat fish thrown on a rock. I could hear the guys laughing, the screams of the coach, but I could barely hear them over my own heavy breathing. When I lowered my head, my huge cheeks hung limply and I cried. Hi, my name is Kara, and I was forced to pretend to be fat. This led to my crush falling in love with me. But before I tell you how it all started, I'm going to ask you to put a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. It all started back in summer when I lost an argument I was sure I'd win. I almost always win bets, so I wasn't afraid to bet high. That's when my friends who usually lost to me had a blast. I had to pretend that I had gained a lot of weight over the summer. The most frustrating part was that I have a perfect figure. I'm a cheerleader and Coach Osfield is the proudest of me. What's the big deal? The guys are judging the girls at our school by my figure. But a bet is a bet, and I began to prepare for a hell of a fight. Of course, I didn't get fat. I just enlisted the help of a friend of mine who worked as a makeup artist at a local theater. My fat pads looked like real fat. Even to the touch, it was indistinguishable from real skin. And it weighed just as much, by the way. The first time I put on my costume, I fell which made one of my cheeks fall off and roll down the stairs. Before the new school year, I tried to get out of school as much as I could, but in the end, my pride wouldn't let me refuse the terms of the bet. 
Oh yes, the first day of school in my new body I'll never forget. At first it went well, the other kids didn't even recognize me. Mr. Osfield even wanted to go to the principal and ask why he got such a fat girl in his group. Coach, that's Kara, suddenly shouted out Rachel. I just hate Rachel. She's my biggest enemy who wants to be captain of the cheerleaders instead of me. Mr. Osfield froze and clutched at his heart. Seriously, he looked like he was having a heart attack. Some of the boys got scared and ran to the school doctor. Coach didn't move and looked at me, and then his lips tightened and trembled. For what, Kara? He exhaled. Coach, I... Don't. He clenched his fist on his chest. I don't want to hear it. Mr. Osfield pulled a plush crocodile out of his pocket, squeezed hard, and quickly walked away, locking himself in his office for the day. Somebody said he even cried, and that surprised everybody. By the way, my figure was still being cited, but now they were measuring all the fat girls in school by me. That wasn't the worst part, though. My greatest fear was running into Felix, but it was inevitable. Despite my good looks, I couldn't win him over, and now I was afraid I'd disappear from his sight for good. I didn't even go near him. Because of fear, I'd be laughed at. Also, gaining weight, I faced some difficulties. As I became fat, I understood why the Hulk hated stairs. I started climbing them long before class started because I had to make constant stops to catch my breath. And those little desks in school. Not only that, on my way to the blackboard, I was like an icebreaker, hooking my huge sides to other desks and chairs. I also had to have my desk redesigned so that I can sit in it. I thought it couldn't get any worse, but I couldn't stop cringing. I was in a hurry to get to class, trying to move my carcass as fast as I could. Suddenly, I felt the floor slipping out from under me. My makeup would have protected me from the impact, but Felix jumped out to catch me. No! I screamed, but it was too late. Felix disappeared beneath me with a short cry. All I could see was his arm sticking out from under me, and the boy wasn't moving. I killed my crush! I crushed him! The other guys helped lift me off of Felix. He was lying unconscious. Under the taunts and screams of the boys, I ran out of the school at the speed of a turtle. When I got home, I hysterically texted my friends to go to hell with their argument. Oddly enough, they agreed to cancel it, saying I'd been through enough. Oh, with how much of hatred I wanted to say goodbye to this makeup. I even made a fire in the backyard to burn it. And then, waiting for the flames to ignite, I got a message from Felix. He was sorry about what happened, and he just said the guys were being unfair to me. And then he offered me his support. Support! Felix wants to talk to me! Ah! I noticed in horror that some of my makeup was already in the fire. I immediately pulled it out and began to extinguish the flames. No, I'm not getting rid of it now. For Felix's sake, I was willing to put up with it. Felix kept his word, and when I got to school, he started fighting back against my bullies. He even dared to talk to Mr. Osfield, who refused to let me into his classes. It turned out to be an idiotic idea, though. The trainer was determined to get me back into shape by all means, so he put together a complicated weight loss program. But I can't lose weight. It's makeup. I can't pay for a few more costumes with a skinnier version of myself either. After all, I haven't even had time to pay for this one yet. But at that moment, I was so charmed by Felix's courage and care 
that I agreed to the grueling training sessions. Not only did Felix have to drive me away from training in a gurney, Rachel became captain of the cheerleaders, the year of the state's premier cheerleading competition. I'd been working my way to winning it for three years. I exhausted myself with training and dieting. And now this bitch has taken my spot. It was one of those workouts. I got stuck in an obstacle course. That's where my story began, and it got even more complicated from there. Despite all the difficulties, there was a huge upside to the situation. Felix and I started hanging out a lot. He even took me to a cafe with diet food, and I mistook it for a date. I was ready to squeal with delight, and I decided that if the date went well, I would finally take off this stupid makeup and open up to the guy in all his glory. But in fact, I was waiting for a bummer of galactic proportions. You know, Kara, I didn't know you were such a good girl. Felix covered my plump hand with his, and I was ready to howl in frustration that I couldn't feel his touch because of the makeup. I'm glad looks aren't important to you, I exhaled excitedly. Well, actually, it does matter. I don't like people who chase their beauty. I thought that's what you were. What? My cheeks jumped in outrage. You're handsome yourself. I wasn't always like this. Felix's face turned dark and squeezed his fork so tight that he almost bent it. I was the way you are now and endured a lot of mocking. My older brother even dressed me up as a fat man to cheer me up. But that's insulting and very low. I'll never forgive that. You understand me, don't you? Yeah, I said and laughed nervously. It's a real failure. Felix told me about the abuse and the long treatment. He couldn't stand making fun of fat people, and in his eyes, the fact that I wore this makeup would also be a mockery. I was faced with the hardest choice of my life. I could go on pretending to be fat and pretend to lose weight to keep Felix around. Or I could take off that hideous makeup, upset Felix, but go back to being a cheerleader. I take down Rachel, make myself captain again, and be famous across the state. But my crush on Felix blinded me. Why would I need all that if my crush wasn't around? I kept going to workouts to beat the weight loss, and I was saving up for a new makeup job, but it all sorted itself out. Felix asked me out on a romantic date. He wanted to see the waterfalls together. The two of us were on a boat, and I was ready to melt in love with my bow. Everything was perfect, but blinded by love, I forgot the most important rule. Makeup is afraid of water. As we swam close to the waterfall, I felt my cheek peel away. Kara. What's wrong with you? Felix looked at me in surprise. I was smiling like a fool. My tooth hurts. I lied trying to keep my makeup on. You don't look so good. Why don't I take you home? Yes, yes. Hurry, Felix. I had already succumbed to panic, and I could feel my stomach sliding down. And as soon as we got ashore, it happened. Ah, what the hell is that? Felix, pale as chalk, looked at the belly, falling out from under my sweatshirt and my cheek did fall off. The guy rolled his eyes and collapsed unconscious. Help! Help somebody! I screamed, but people tried to help me first, watching my skin fall off in huge chunks. When all this horror was over and Felix came to his senses, he said he never wanted to see me again. You're as soulless as the rest of them. I was right, you're just a doll who loves her body and makes fun of others. It was a bet. A normal person would refuse such a vile argument. Felix turned away angrily. You know what? You need to stop whining. I was furious, waving my unusually light arms. 
You should be proud that you made it through the weight loss, not be resentful of the world. I never made fun of overweight people. And yes, I love my body. I keep myself in shape so I don't turn into this. I jabbed my finger at the makeup on the ground and walked away proudly. The next day, my appearance at school was an extravaganza. Coach Osfield carried me in his arms and almost cried tears of joy. Rachel, on the other hand, was ready to roar with anger because Coach had put me right back in the captain's chair. I'd gotten over the fact that I'd lost Felix. But then I saw him in the bleachers during the state tournament. He was holding a sign with my name on it. Kara, you were right. The guy ran up to me after my brilliant performance. I was so caught up in the past that I almost missed out on my beautiful future. You. He suddenly held me close to him. I found out who you are inside, and that's the most important thing. That's how an idiotic argument and a tough test turned into a series of victories for me. What's more important to you, the outside or the inside of a person? Write your answers in the comments. I was gone for five minutes, but five minutes was always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? <laughs> well, he didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time, so I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair. And she ran away so fast, she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17, and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts, but I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, Would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Sure. And so we started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness, and I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene, 
yeah, I lost my temper a little bit there, but it's understandable too. Once we were supposed to do a biology project. When they started announcing couples, I had my fingers crossed. I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike. Miss Morris, meanwhile, announced, Katie and Rob. Oh, shit, I blurted out, but quietly. Miss Morris continued, Mike and Tiffany. It was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision. But all I got in response was, your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time, said, are we going to work on ours? I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon, and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess, I asked him, where will you be working on the project? Tiffany invited me to her house cool, I think they have a hot tub. I tried not to show, but it was hard. Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance, though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of, Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once, if I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. Great, I lied. But, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on to put my mind at rest, but I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. <laughs> don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand. I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were. The house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live, or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> That's funny. 
Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are. Okay, fine. But I don't like it. I patted Rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor, gripping the gutter tightly with my hands. It was pretty high, and I didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of Tiffany's house. As I climbed onto the balcony, I looked down and waved to Rob. He waved back. I waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell. The guy left. I opened the door and went inside. Everything in Tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive. Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive, handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First, I saw Tiffany come out of the room, and then I saw Mike. He came downstairs too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's. Where were we? Something that makes you feel good. Ah, that's it! I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet. I knew it! Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike. You're in love with Tiffany! What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them. Watching you cheat on me. But we were just working on a project. I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this. Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But no, Katie, it's over. Mike, not wanting to hear my excuses, left the room. I guess you can find your own way out, Tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after Mike. I came home depressed. I couldn't believe Mike had left me. All because of Tiffany. Who am I kidding? My inner voice said. This was all my fault. Why did I have to go to her house? I knew Mike would never lie to me. But it was too late. I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob in the mouse cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, 
What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear, but at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.